0: This is Radio Influence, podcasting
1: redefined. Welcome back to the Lawfather podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. And always check us out on social media. Just search for at the law Father. You'll find us there. Instagram, it's actually at the Lawfather Tampa. Facebook, it is at the Lawfather. Twitter is at the Lawfather TPA. Check us out on all those different areas. Uh, Welcome to Lawfather Headquarters. It's actually our last show here in the original Lawfather Headquarters. Our next show will be at the new Lawfather Headquarters. So check us out. Uh, Those of you who are checking us out by video here, we'll see the difference uh, in the new place. But without further ado, let's get into the show a little bit and let's talk about everybody's favorite topic or maybe least favorite topic. I'm not sure there's an in-between on this, uh, but COVID. And let's look at, in particular, uh, some of the things with mask mandates and how that looks and how that feels. And uh, we're going to take kind of a, a law and order approach to it today and kind of ripped right from the headlines. And we start with a story from Indian River County. Uh, Best Buy there. And it had to do with a person who refused to wear a mask. So I want to talk about that. But let's take a step back in order to put some background to it and understand how we are where we are today here in Florida. And that is all based on executive order number 20-244 or 20-244 from Governor DeSantis. And there's a lot in this, but let's look at one of the pieces here. Uh, So there's a bunch of whereas clauses, and that's basically a legal... It's legalese. I don't really know why we use it, but it just says, whereas the state of Florida has suffered economic harm as a result of COVID-19 related closures, exacerbating the impacts of the state of emergency and Floridians should not be prohibited by local governments from working or operating a business. So that's kind of where this starts. And in that, Governor DeSantis states that, that, um, In Section 4, excuse me, uh, suspension of COVID-19-related individual fines and penalties, and that this order, consistent with his previous executive order, which is Executive Order 20-92, suspends the collection of fines and penalties associated with COVID-19 enforced upon individuals. So, we look at it here from this perspective. We have this executive order from the governor that says, Local governments cannot enforce mask mandates, right? We all we all read the headlines. Cannot enforce mask mandates. Governments can't, local governments can't. So, your county governments, your city governments, okay? Within the state of Florida. Outside of the state of Florida, those places can do whatever the heck they want because they're not in Florida and they're not bound by what Governor DeSantis says. So, let's fast forward to Indian River County. And this is how the story goes there. Guy walks into Best Buy and is not wearing a mask. Best Buy, keep in mind, is a private company on private property. It's going to be important to keep in mind here, right? So he walks in, he goes up to the geek squad and and has an appointment or something along those lines. And they say, hey, can you wear a mask? Refuses. I believe they actually offered him masks and he refused again. And what we get to is... The guy then spits, coughs, and sneezes on the counter, and I believe on uh, some other merchandise, uh, maybe in a home section, something along those lines, and eventually leaves the store after causing a huge commotion and is later arrested for disorderly conduct. So how do we take that instance right there, and how do we marry that up to this executive order? Because this executive order says no government can put mask mandates in place. They can't collect fines on mask mandates. Okay, that's actually what it says. It actually says that they, they cannot collect fines. It doesn't necessarily say that they can't impose mandates on individuals. But a, a mandate without a penalty is, is severely lacking. Okay, uh, so you can say you have to do something, but if you can't punish somebody for it, really, what good is it, right? A, a way to look at it from that perspective But here's the key. Best Buy is a a private company on private property. That's where this thing takes a sharp left because guess what? Best Buy can do whatever they want. Best Buy is a private company has the authority and the ability to mandate you to wear a mask in their store. They can ask you to leave the store. If you refuse to leave the store, they can have you trespassed from the store. They could call the sheriff's office out or the police department, depending on what the jurisdiction is, and say, I don't want this person in my store. I asked them to leave the store and they refuse to leave the store. And then the police come and and they do one of two things. They say, hey, you've been trespassed, please leave. This is your warning. If you come back, you'll be arrested. Generally speaking, from my experience in law enforcement, the person leaves. Every once in a while, and I, I want to say this happened, you know, less than a handful of times in my career in law enforcement. But the person goes, "Uh uh-uh, I ain't leaving. I'm staying right here. (laughs) Well, guess what, buddy? You got your warning. You're still here. You're refusing to leave. Now you're being arrested for trespassing. Okay? Private companies, private individuals, private landowners, private property, you have the authority and the right to do that. Okay? So Indian River County may have a mask mandate, which they do, all right, but... It has no teeth because of the governor's executive order. However, private companies can do that. So the man was actually later arrested on disorderly conduct charges. You probably could expand on those charges if you really wanted to. I think the the point being in this one was let's solve the problem. Let's maybe make an example out of it. But you know, anytime you spit on on something, right? And I, I think these days, right, uh, with COVID and the the thought process of it and and that. You know, maybe it's it's dangerous and, and you might be actually causing property damage harm if you spit on an object, th- that you could probably end up with additional charges, right? Um, you know, if, if the store has to expend any money to fix those things, right? Now, all of a sudden, okay, now we have to spend extra money to disinfect this. Now, I'm not talking a couple pennies for spraying some disinfectant, but let's say it was on a display TV and the only way to fix that display TV is to throw it away. Okay. Now you're going to have, have some additional things that can go on. Uh, and if the dollar is not high enough, you could potentially have felony charges. Right. And if you take it a step further, let's say he spit on an individual, right. And and it's unfathomable. It's pretty much unfathomable anytime. Right. I mean, think back to Roberto Alomar and, and spitting in the umpire's face. He was absolutely ostracized for that. Terrible, terrible. To, who does that to another person, right? But I, I think it's actually even a step further these days, right? It, it's, it's, oh man, you know, I can't, hey, I can't believe you did that, but man, in the, in the age of COVID, how do you do that? How do you do that to somebody, right? And actually, could you increase the charge? Because here's the deal, right? Spitting on somebody is actually a battery, right? A battery is striking an individual, basically without their consent and causing harm, okay? You could have that, right? Could you maybe extend it out to be an aggravated battery? I don't know. There might be the right set of circumstances in these COVID times that elicits that. I hope we never see that, okay? It'd be really an interesting legal question. I I really do hope we never see that, but it is something that could foreseeably, in the way the statutes are written, be something that, that comes up. So let's look at another piece. As we are staying with the law and order theme of ripped from the headlines, uh, Sheriff Gutierrez in Pinellas County, uh, who I, I I actually really do like Sheriff Gutierrez, and and uh, I don't want any of this to come across. In a negative light. Uh, as those of you who have listened know, I worked at Pinellas County Sheriff's Office for three years. That's where I started my professional career and uh, had great experiences there, learned a ton there. Uh, actually worked for Sheriff Jim Coates and now Sheriff Gutierrez was the general counsel at that time. So, uh, you know, real great place, real great everything. And he's a lawyer. So I, I really kind of appreciate. The thought process that goes into this, and, and I'm, I'm really intrigued by it, is that the governor's executive order relates to individuals. Now, you only really get that once you read the executive order, right? Because if you remember, as the news media outlets put this out there, it was, oh, the suspension of fines, right? You can't be punished for it. There's no penalties. Ah, but there's a little gotcha in here right, and this is where kind of the legal world gets kind of cool, is that it is only applicable to individuals, right? This executive order states that fines and penalties cannot be collected, okay, or they're suspended against individuals, but could a county place a mask mandate for businesses? Could the county hold businesses' feet to the fire, and say, we're going to make you enforce mask mandates, or we are going to fine you. And based on this executive order, absolutely. Okay? You absolutely could do that. And it's really an interesting, we'll call it a loophole, for lack of a better term. And we get to Sheriff Gutierrez because that is something that I read that, he said that, hey, we in Pinellas County, the mask mandate deals with individuals, doesn't deal with businesses, and we're going to deal with it essentially as we see fit, and we're going to deal with it on the business level. So interesting interpretation. I I honestly think he may be right based on this interpretation, based on the way it's written, that this executive order doesn't apply to businesses. So what we may see, what would be interesting to see, is if Pinellas County starts enforcing this against businesses, do we see a corresponding new executive order? could happen. Be interesting to see. But all things told, keep in mind, if you're on private property, that business can tell you or that individual who owns the property can tell you to do anything that they want. Now, it can't be anything illegal, okay? But if they say wear a mask, you have to wear a mask. That's it. Or don't go there. Those are your options. And and, and I'm okay with that, right? I And those of you who have listened I'm not okay with it really being handled on the government level, okay? I think government's overstepping at that point. I think government at that point is taking away some of our freedoms, okay? And and maybe that puts me on some side of the political spectrum. I don't know, but I'm a big proponent of being able to make my own choices. And I think that through all of this, each of us should be able to make our own choices and no choice is wrong. If you want to stay home, stay home. I'm not gonna fault you for that. If you wanna go out in full hazmat gear, cool, do it. I mean, it's gonna be hot. We're in Florida, it's, it's, it's hot, right? Uh, I've had gas masks on before we, we had a gas mask. And those of you watching on the video here, see this big nose, this big nose fitting in a gas mask, not really fun, it kind of pushes up against it. Um, but hey, if you wanna walk around in a gas mask, more power to you, okay? You wanna walk around without a mask, I'm fine with that too, okay? But I know if I want to go to a certain business, I went to Disney World yesterday with my kids. Guess what? You got to wear a mask all day, whole day, outside. Yeah, you're outside. Why should I have to wear a mask? Because it's their property and they tell you to, okay? That's it. That's the long and the short of it. And if you don't like it, just don't go, right? And that's the key is it gives us the freedom to make choices. And in my opinion, put that into the business's hands to let them make those decisions. Okay. Um, good news is we have a vaccine that is shipping today. Okay. Today is Monday, December 14th. For those of you listening who may hear this later on, the vaccine will be, it, or the vaccine has actually started shipping. I apologize. It, it will be starting to be administered today. Okay. So the light's at the end of the tunnel and we'll see where this takes us. And, how the vaccine works and everything else all right so that is what mask mandates look like and that is what the governor's executive order looks like and hey if you go to best buy wear a mask right most big national corporations are requiring that so irregardless of your personal beliefs irregardless of what the government says because the government says you don't have to if the business says you have to you have to and if you don't like it just don't act a fool in the store you won't get arrested. (laughs) That's the law father's advice on that. So I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about personal injury law for a second. I know it's a topic that we talk a lot about and I I generally take some listener questions, uh, but there is a topic that I want to get into that doesn't necessarily come up in listener questions because I don't think people know to ask about it. And it's kind of a cool thing. And it's, it's important, and it's a way to get you a little bit of extra money. And for those lawyers out there who may be listening, it's a way for you to make a little bit of extra money, okay? So it's, it's really a, a two-part thing here, right? It benefits everybody. Nobody really loses in this situation. So when you have a car crash, you have property damage, right? That car has been damaged in some way, shape, or form. Now, those of you who know cars and have bought and sold cars before, you know that a car that has been in a crash is worth less than a car that has not been in a crash. Just is how it is, okay? Uh, there, there's a place uh, called Off-Lease Only. If you go and look at, at the Carfax and a lot of their high-end cars, you go, wow, they beat a lot of the prices. And then you go and look at the Carfax and you'll see one crash, two crash, a major crash, right? Big, big damage. Okay, then you go to you know your local Cadillac dealership or your local high-end car dealership and it, You look at their Carfax, and and they're you know five to ten thousand higher on their price of the car. Then you look look at their Carfax, and no crashes, no crashes, no crashes, right? Well, what is that, and and how can that be? And and the reality is, okay, there's a legal concept that's available to you, and it's called diminished value, right? And what this is is it says, before the crash, your car was worth X number of dollars. So before the crash, that car was worth thirty thousand dollars. Cool. Great. Crash happens. Somebody rear ends you. It's not your fault. You're just sitting there at the stop sign waiting for cars to pass and someone crashes into your back end, destroying your back end, but not enough to total the car, right? You got to go get some body work done and get it fixed up. Now that car that was worth $30,000 while you're sitting at that stop sign is now worth, say, $20,000. Well, should you be punished for that? Doesn't really seem fair. Now, does it? No. And so there is a legal concept in the state of Florida called diminished value. That gap, that $10,000 gap between thirty dollars and $20,000 is available to you from the at-fault company's insurance company, okay? Everybody in the state of Florida is legally required to carry property damage coverage in the amount of $10,000. Property damage coverage covers you if somebody else hits you, right? So the person who causes the crash or the person who does the rear-ending in our example, their property damage coverage has to pay for A repairing your car, and there is a Supreme Court or Florida Supreme Court case that states that they also are responsible for the diminished value. A lot of people don't know about that. Okay, we're doing these claims on a pretty pretty regular basis and seeing some pretty good success with them. So it helps you as the person who has been in the crash to get a little bit more back. Okay, you're going to get some on on what you have lost. Right, you may not truly see that loss today, you'll see that loss when you go to sell that car, but you can recoup that money today. And there actually may be some tax benefits. There's, there's actually uh, a tax form that can be filled out to cover the difference between what your diminished value settlement is and what the value is that you lost. So keep that in mind. Talk to your attorney about that. Those attorneys out there who may want to offer that as a service to their client, but don't necessarily have the staff or capacity to do so, reach out to me. Okay, we'll work something out. We can work something out that we handle it in house here and help you guys out, and that way you can help your clients out, uh, you know, on a little bit more, uh, you know, give them more options here, and we can go from there. Anybody who wants to discuss this, eight five five Law Father. Lawfather at tampalawfather.com is the email address specifically for this show. All right. As always, check us out on social media. Check us out online. You can check the video out here. So, those of you listening uh, to the podcast, you can always see this ugly mug here on your video screen. And you can see what will be our last day in the original Lawfather headquarters. We will be moving uh, next week just uh, just down the street. Kennedy and Rome, south of Kennedy. Okay, so between Cleveland and Platt, those of you who are in the Tampa area will be on South Rome between uh, Cleveland and Platt, right behind Tijuana Flats. Okay, you can check us out there. That is the show for today. Law Father, out.
0: This is a Landry Football Quick Fix on Radio Influence. The issue in college football that is going to make its round on all the shows is, is Ohio State deserving. Have they played enough games? Four best, four most deserving. What is it? How is it? What should it be? You've heard me discuss. There's no real organization on the national college football level. And, you know, when I say there should be a de facto commissioner or something, I am not talking or seeking someone that will run the sport. I don't think that is the case. And, you know, Roger Goodell doesn't run the NFL, but I know people are not happy with government. At least it's not a dictatorship. And if there's one thing that can protect, at least from a governmental standpoint, and I'm not a political person, and people that are more learned about politics can maybe do pros and cons. And I really appreciate not getting into it because I don't really not into it. I'm using it in an analogous way, but, but when you, you have a Senate house, you know, presidency, you've you've got a lot of people involved in, if there's one thing that maybe is good, potentially in colleges, you usually have a board so that you can prevent somebody from going rogue, but yet it's much more complex and, It it makes for some interesting decisions. And I have been a belief that college football is something that should be looked at from what's best for the entire sport. That is not the way it is. Uh, It is all for one and one for all. The Landry Football Podcast with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.